I'd like to talk to you today about a living memorial. That's my message for today. This weekend, as we remember and honor those who have given their lives, fighting for our freedom, let us take a deeper look at what a true memorial serves to accomplish. Memorial Day found its roots in the times just following the Civil War. Southern women scattered flowers on the graves of both Northern uh, Union and Southern Confederate soldiers of the Civil War, in which over a half million died. In 1868, the commander of a Civil War's veterans organization called for a Decoration Day to be observed annually on May 30th. President James Garfield's only executive order was in 1881, where he gave government workers May 30th off so they could decorate the graves of those who had died in the Civil War. Memorial Day grew to honor all who gave their lives defending America's freedom, including those from the Spanish-American War, World Wars I and II, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, Desert Storm, the war against terror, and all the way up to our current conflicts. In 1968, Memorial Day was moved to the last Monday in May. In 2001, on Memorial Day, the United States Congress asked Americans, wherever they were, at 3 o'clock p.m., to pause in an act of national unity for a duration of one minute. The idea for the moment was born when children were touring the nation's capital and they were asked by the commission's director what Memorial Day means. They responded, why that's the day that pools open up. A Gallup poll revealed that only 28% of Americans knew the true meaning of Memorial Day. As laid out in public law, the national moment of remembrance is to be practiced by all Americans throughout the nation at 3 o'clock p.m. local time, honoring America's fallen and their families. During this moment in years past, 200 Amtrak trains would blast their whistle. 500,000 Major League Baseball fans were joined in silence. And countless other participants would make a vow to remember. At 3.01, the moment passes. The baseball games resume, the NASCAR crowd revs up again, the Amtrak train gets back to business, and thoughts go back to celebrating summer's first holiday of fun and family and food. What started as a day of honor had to be legislated by an act of Congress for people to remember the sacrifices for one minute of one day of the year. And even still... It's not mandatory, it's just a suggestion. A true memorial is one that still speaks today. One that you carry with you all the time. This is in fact what God has intended for a memorial to be. However, as we will see in our study today, despite the sacrifices made, people time and time again have failed to remember. When God instituted the Passover in Egypt and passed over the Israelites while taking the life of the firstborn of every Egyptian, including Pharaoh himself, his firstborn, the Lord then commanded Moses to keep this as the memorial 
We see this in the book of Exodus chapter 12, starting at verse 14. So this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Down to verse 17. So you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For on this day I will have brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. You know, there are times in the Bible as you read the Bible, especially the events of the Old Testament, that it seems like there's a lot of repetition where the same event or the same statement comes up again and again. Why is that? It's because we forget. We fail to bring truth to our remembrance. See it again in Exodus 12, verse 24. And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. Verse 26. And it shall be when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? 27. That you shall say it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when He struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. So the people bowed their heads and worshipped. Down to verse 42. It is a night of solemn observance to the Lord for bringing them out of the land of Egypt. This is that night of the Lord, a solemn observance for all the children of Israel throughout their generations. God says it again and again and again. Keep this as a memorial. This solemn observance to the Lord would only continue if God's people chose to obey Him by continuing to tell their story to their children, to others, to anyone who asked, what does all this stuff mean? They were commanded to keep telling their story, to relate the significance, the emotions felt, the relief that was realized, and the faithfulness of God. In giving them a memorial, God stressed the importance of continuing to tell the story. Exodus 13, verses 1 and 2. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to Me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is Mine. Verse 3, And Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of hand the Lord brought you out of this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten. Exodus 13.8 And you shall tell your son in that day, saying, This is done because of what the Lord did for me when I came up from Egypt. See, here God commands them to make it personal. Don't just give a history lesson. Don't just relate historical events. Make it personal. Share what the Lord has done for me. Share what the Lord has done for you. It is the power of a testimony. Not to just talk about God or doctrine or belief. 
but to continually tell your story of what God has done for you, how God has been with you from the very beginning and walked alongside of you each and every day. That's the power of a testimony. This is what God emphasized so greatly. God did so much for the Israelites in so many miraculous ways. He led them out of captivity in Egypt with fire by night and a cloud by day. He sent down bread from heaven, manna, to satisfy their hunger. He assured them a great future in the promised land. But the second that something didn't seem to go the way that they thought it should go, what did they do? They complained. They left their faith. They turned elsewhere. They complained that God brought them all the way to this desert so that they would die. And they proceeded then to build an idol for themselves. Just moments ago, God was helping them miraculously cross the Red Sea, drowning their enemies. It just had just happened. Performed an incredible miracle. Yet when the people felt that Moses was now on the mountain with God a little too long, that didn't go with their time schedule, the Israelites seemed to suffer from short-term memory loss. They forgot who led them through the desert. They forgot who provided for them. They forgot who delivered them from Egypt and out of bondage. They forgot who their God was. They chose to build a new God as an idol out of gold to replace the one who wasn't moving fast enough for them, who wasn't on their time schedule. Because of their impatience and their lack of trust, they left their God. They chose to leave Him. How in the world could these people be so quick to build an idol for themselves after everything God had done for them? How did they have the audacity to declare that God had left them? Why would they do such a terrible thing that hurt and angered God so deeply? Why? Because they stopped telling their story. For a period of time, the Israelites didn't see God in front of them. They forgot how many times God had come through for them in the past. They forgot His faithfulness in helping them through the hard times, no matter what they may have been. Of course, we do that same wretched thing today. And like the Israelites in that desert, we begin to doubt. We doubt that He is still there to guide us. Doubting His plans and His purpose for our lives. Doubting that God will bring us through whatever we are faced with. Whatever we are faced with. When our doubt is on display, we are consumed by fear, worry, anxiety, negativity, blame, accusation, and despair. Does that sound familiar to what is being heard today? How can we doubt His goodness and His intentions for us in our lives when He was right there beside us yesterday? You know what He's done in your life. You know what He's brought you through. 
You know He was always there. Even when you doubted, He was still there pushing you and pulling you and bringing you along. How can we seek to look for other means to get us through rather than Him? How can we base all of our hopes even today on a political solution or a scientific breakthrough? God is our answer. He always has been and He always will be our answer. He will work through whatever means is necessary to bring us through. But only if our trust is unwavering and our acknowledgement of His faithfulness is continually on our lips. We need to continue to remind others. We need to continue to share our stories. We need to continue to encourage one another with the truth that God is always there with us and He will always bring us through if we put our trust in Him. Amen? We need to stop blaming everyone else and look at our response, our words, our actions. Way too many people have failed to keep telling His story. For the Israelites, their final hurdle was was the crossing of the Jordan River. But it would be no ordinary crossing. They would cross the Jordan by faith and enter into the promised land by faith. Carrying the ark of the Lord as the priest set foot in the Jordan River, the water would stop on a heap and stop flowing so that they could cross through on dry land. And after God performed this miracle, they didn't just continue like they did following the Red Sea crossing. God stopped and God instituted a memorial. We see this in the book of Joshua, chapter 4, verse 5. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. Verse 6, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, what do these stones mean to you? Joshua 4, verse 7. Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. You see, God asked them to build a memorial out of stones. Why? Because the stone memorial would serve as a way for them to remember God's faithfulness to them in the past. Every time they stopped and looked at it, at this memorial, They would once again be reminded of how God led them through the desert land to freedom, to the promised land. How God miraculously divided the Red Sea for them. How God remained faithful in keeping His promises to them. Even when they were unfaithful, God continued and continues to be faithful. The memorial was especially helpful during difficult times. During times of trials of tribulations, during those times when all hope seemed lost. When the rest of the world was declaring their sentence, God's memorial would remind them of the truth of His sentence. During these times, they could look at this memorial and be comforted and encouraged by what it symbolized and what it meant for the future. 
He was faithful to them during difficult times then, and He would be faithful to them during difficult times in the future. Truly, it was a powerful memorial with a great message to commemorate it. But the truth of human response is that we fail again and again to honor God the way that we should, the way that He deserves. Why? Because we fail to keep telling the story. God realized this continually, continual failing of man. And so when He sent Jesus to die for our sins, to be the sacrifice once and for all, for all mankind, He didn't leave us as orphans. He had a far greater plan. After Jesus rose from the dead and ascended into heaven, He sent the Holy Spirit to us. Individually, to each of us. This precious and powerful gift would fill believers in, enable us to keep telling the story. That's what He said would happen. Look in John 14, verse 26. Jesus here is speaking of the Holy Spirit. He says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. You see? Without the Holy Spirit, God Himself living inside of us, without Him we fail to honor and remember and love our God in the way that He deserves to be loved and praised. If you are convicted that you yourself have failed to keep telling the story to others, have failed to keep that joy alive that you can't even hold back. It just keeps coming out. If you've not done it everywhere you went and in every conversation, especially now, when people are looking for hope and looking for answers and looking to the news, if you fail to tell the story and you're convicted by that, then God draws your attention this day to the gift that is available to all who acknowledge the Holy Spirit and give Him room to move in your mind and in your heart and in your speech and in your actions and in your lives. We are all called to tell the story with joy. And if we've, if we've separated ourselves from that spot, then all we need to do is to come to God and confess that we failed and understand that God forgives us And then we ask the Holy Spirit to open our minds and to stand on His truth that He would bring to remembrance all the things that He has done for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting at verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Speaking of the Holy Spirit. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. What a story to tell indeed. 
May God bless you this Memorial Day weekend. As you remember the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that we may walk in His peace and know His perfect love. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that Your truth sears our hearts. And Lord God, as we are convicted of not telling the story at all places as we should, we thank You that You forgive us. We thank You that Your grace covers us. We thank You that there is no shame, but that You rather empower us to share that story. Even right now in this moment, we pray, Holy Spirit, that You would bring to remembrance where You brought us from, where You have led us through. All the times that we thought life was difficult and You brought us through. And even now today, bring to our remembrance the truth that You are there leading us, guiding us, going through all these places for us. We rely on You. We lean on You. We give You praise and glory. And because we walk by faith and not by sight, we're thanking You for the victory now, even before we see it. We thank You, Jesus Christ, for leading us through. God, we love to tell the story. In Your precious name we pray. Amen.